Bond. James Bond. That's as bad as listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. I think you can kiss your trade franchise goodbye. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Kiss Your Franchise Goodbye. Everyone make some laser noises. Because we are talking about James Bond in Moonraker this week as part of On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. <laughs> no, not Moonraker. It's Where Are You? The boring Shirley Bassey song. We'll get to that. <laughs> Which I still liked better than last week's song. At least well, it didn't have the title and the plot in the song. I mean, that well, is how true. can you like this song better than last week's song if it's a lot slower and goes nowhere? <laughs> you know what? Okay. I felt like it, it had more direction. It Here, had hang no direction. On. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We heard a voice <laughs> we're not used to hearing on the podcast. We need to introduce oh, our guest oh, yeah, that's true. before Hello, we guest. start fighting. Okay. Introduce our guest, Hi. Doug and Sarah. Welcome back. Hi. Hi. I, I'm hey, waiting. Okay, Sarah. I yes. hope you can all see that. They're like the happy aunt and uncle that come to Thanksgiving dinner and keep the other kids from fighting. <laughs> <laughs> AKA me and Mark. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, guys, and our normal crew is also here. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's get into it. Sarah, you said you wanted to do Moonraker with us. What made you want to do Moonraker? Because it is... It, a, a lot of the Roger Moore movies are really silly, but this is by far the silliest James Bond movie ever. Yes. But, like, but like did you feel like the plot... Was easier to follow than the Spy Who Loved Me. Um, I haven't watched the Spy Who Loved Me for a long time, but I I can see that because the plot in this movie is not that deep. It is. Yeah. It is. I like it. It is, but also it's kind of nonsensical if you think about it. Yes. I mean, like, okay, Hugo Drax is an industrialist. He steals back his own space shuttle yeah because as you would guy, because well he i guess he needs five space because shuttles to I be able to do it, his secret said. plan he can't use but he does point out. Shuttles, so you know he does point out why he had to steal that one because they do he does bond asks and he says they had technical difficulty with their original ship and so they needed the the government one he needed yeah. it yeah, he his. needed it. Cuz well, cuz if you think about it, I mean, I mean if how you is have he a plan ask for it back without throwing up red flags, right? Right. Well, and if you have a plan that requires five space shuttles and you're building one for the US government, I mean, why wouldn't you have a spare or some sort of redundancy built in? Why would you need definitely five space shuttles if you're already building six? Like, well, why not build a my seven? Question is, my question is, if you have They're the money expensive. and the technology to have Deep Space Nine uh, and to hide it from everybody on Earth, why do you even need five space shuttles? How did you get everybody else up there? This makes mm -hmm. no sense whatsoever. Did, did you just call 
Draco Space Station Deep Space Nine. <laughs> it kind of looks like it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, okay. So, growing up, I had no idea, but you have to keep in mind the the time, middle of the Cold War. We're almost ready to launch our own space shuttle. Everybody's excited about it. Everybody's projecting what's going to happen. It, it was just kind of this mix of excitement about the ongoing space program, but also overlaid with that uh, dread of being the bad guys taking over that came with the Cold War. But I also feel like the more time you wait getting up there, the more problems you're going to encounter. So if you've got your six and one of them is broken, you're not going to waste time making a whole nother one when you can just hijack the one you've already got. And besides, someone's going to suspect you. That's like the perfect cover-up. I didn't do but, it. You But they did mine. suspect him. He was they, the first they guy they suspected. suspected him. They're like... <laughs> 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 just because it didn't work doesn't mean that that wasn't his logic <laughs> this is ridiculous it was faulty logic but that's he didn't know it wasn't gonna work he thought it would work I, hey. i'm just saying hugo drax like is simultaneously incredibly brilliant and really kind of dumb i think that's so. why i like him because i am also <laughs> No, he's really stupid. He's like, I'm going to have my henchman right next to me and then have him try to take out Bond like 50,000 times knowing that he's my henchman and I'm not going to hide the fact. It's it, you, just, you just can't defend this guy's motivations at all. I think well, it's perfect because like, I kind of hate the world. And so if I had <laughs> magic giant poison pollen seeds, sure. Like, let's go up to space. And kill everybody off, but not the animals and not the plants, and then we'll just come back. That's fantastic. Yeah, and bring back only white people. Oh, I'm sorry, two token black people, <laughs> but mostly white people. You know that, that part was quite faulty. And a, and a giant with metal jaws. No, no, not him. He he doesn't that's get to true. come back. Yeah, he, yeah, that's true. No. He's going to be expendable. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't fit the eugenicist idea of, you know, what the perfect human being is, which also melts his giant heart. And now he's a good guy. Suddenly yeah. this entire, this entire movie is based on the idea that like every single person in this movie is simultaneously two opposite things. But both Bond and Drax are both really dumb and really smart. And all? Jaws is both a good guy <laughs> And a bad guy. It's just, yeah. I love it. It's so great. But you know why? what? There is some stuff that I love in here, Brooke. I because, have to agree okay, with so you. Like when I was in it's college, terrible, but I love it. I went to college down at, at uh, Snow College in San Pete County, and describe San Pete County for people outside of Utah who has no who have no idea so what that place is like. Full of turkeys and sheep and then there's a college so that's san pete county right and that's no college and um shortly after i was arrested yes um i was driving through town (gasps) with my dean of the music department his daughter and i were driving down to manti to pay one of my tickets and um i looked up at the side of the mountain mind you 
I am a relatively intelligent person most of the time. Like I can test really high on IQ tests and things. But then I also have these moments where I look up at the mountain and I go, hey, Jenny, what's that S for on the side of the mountain? Because in Utah, we have this thing where we put the letters of the schools, like a big Y for BYU and a big U for University of Utah on the sides of our mountains. And she looks at me and she goes, Brooke, are you being serious? And I was like, yeah, what's the S for? And she's like, Brooke, you go to Snow College. Don't you know what the S is for? And I was like, but is it for San Pete or is it for snow? And she's like, I'm not talking to you anymore. You know what the S is for. And like, I think we all from time to time have these moments where we're just not very smart, regardless of how intelligent we are. And I think well, that that makes us really quite That's cute. true. Look, that's and true to because be you fair, like Windraker. <laughs> and to be fair, there are sometimes inexplicable letters on mountains. Like, it's a there's a G in Northern Utah County, right? Yes. Sarah and Doug. Yeah. And that Pleasant Grove? Pleasant Grove High School. Yep. And there's just a G. It can't be PG. It's right. just a G. Just the G. Right. Oh, because then people might not go on the mountain because it's not right It's. it's... <laughs> and, and occasionally somebody goes up into the foothills uh, in Provo and puts a big T on one of the foothills. And then it disappears the next weekend when it rains. Ooh. Yeah. Stupid hey, Tim Few. High School. Tim Few is terrible. Only terrible people went to Tim Few High School, I know. right, Brooke? It's still true. It is still I'm true. Sure. People like Del Shanzi so and Mike Lee. <laughs> well, well and first, that's because Andy you don't have mountains. Yeah, I was going to say first, Mark, you have to understand mountains. I, say, I, I mean, I, I get mountains. I just don't understand letters on them. Like, what? Why? No, I've seen it in West in West Texas too. Oh, really? Yeah, no, out out in El Paso, oh, yeah. they've got a giant star up on the mountain right. in El Paso. El Paso and yeah. oh. And I'm pretty sure that in Canyon, Texas, there's one for uh, West Texas A&M. I'm Why doesn't this piss people off? Like, it, to me, like defacing mountainsides like that? It just, <laughs> well, the very it annoys me. Okay, do you, do you really want the, the, the actual explanation is it did go, it went back to the Great Depression and the WPA. And these were like public works projects of just like putting people back to work during the Great Depression. So this was from this was from New Deal Democrats, Mark. That's where damn, it came from. Damn Democrats. Uh, <laughs> ruining look, everything. Texas healthcare. Look, Texas has football and marching bands. Utah has putting letters on mountains. That's, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. At least we have uh, popcorn and pickles. And green jello. <laughs> and yeah. Anyway, so, but anyway, everyone is two things in this movie. And so this movie is both terrible and sometimes awesome. Let's it's start from the very beginning. Awesome. I don't think it's awesome is, at all. Well, okay. Okay, let, let's, let's start with let, the theme song. Can we start with that? No, no, no. It's because horrible. before the theme song, before Fun. the theme song... We get this cool stunt with them jumping out of an airplane without a parachute on. Which was really yeah. cool. Bond has to take the parachute off the other guy, and Jaws is coming after him. This stunt does not make any sense whatsoever. What? It's Still way better cool. 
It's way better than the skiing stunt when he throws out for England in his. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That's the that's the only thing that makes any kind of sense. Well, the 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 scene itself doesn't make any sense, but that's the only thing that's cool in this movie. Just the first five minutes, and then it all goes downhill after that. I was and like, really John is really though. indestructible. Like the dude is just never gonna die. How do you survive? No shoot. I mean. Oh, come on, dude. Like He fell into the circus. <laughs> it's no, a yet no. another Bond circus sighting. <laughs> I tell you what, though. That opening five sequence is like a practice run for Octopussy because the end of Octopussy right. is that same scene. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. I hear mm-hmm. you. Yep. I was but very that's another movie that That's another movie that has a whole bunch of issues with it, though. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it soon enough. Oh my it gosh. was really sad that they just sort of forgot the dame in the flight in the plane that had her own parachute. Like I was really hoping that she was going to jump out next and like kick him in the head or something, and and then the whole movie would have been over. I just I don't understand. I feel like if if your Perfect parachute, <laughs> but if your parachute is on so loosely that someone else can wrangle it off of you, it's probably not on tight enough. And probably not going to work. So, I mean, I'm not a skydiver. I don't know if well, anyone here has any experience really with skydiving. He wasn't really planning on but... jumping out of the airplane right then. He kind of got pushed ahead of schedule. Yeah, I, there are lots okay. of times where I'll have my backpack on and it's not strapped on because I'm not ready to walk out the door yet. Yeah, but a parachute is not a backpack. And well, it's I don't a know. Backpack that makes you fly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Regardless, it was a cool scene, and that's like the only cool scene. Also, I just want to say for future generations, I am on a lot of cough syrup, so like maybe that's why I really liked this movie. <laughs> Brooke is loaded on scissor. <laughs> This is, this is our version of a drunk episode. <laughs> so, so we, need to, we need to have you watch the movie in a couple weeks when you're not sick anymore. And then <laughs> just so everyone knows, I don't have COVID. I got a cold. Yes. We, sh- we should totally is. call this episode the one where Brooke does scissor. <laughs> where I do what? Scissor up. You know. Oh. I th- like the I homies did. Totally wrong. <laughs> the homies, uh, our, our homie Brooke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So by by popular request, Brooke, uh, let's move on to the theme song. Thank eh. you. Okay. okay. So first, the theme song itself. I mean, marginally better than last week's song. That couldn't be but, so much more wrong. But, oh, Mark, I love you. Uh, I mean, there's nothing to the lyrics. It's basically a ripoff of Goldfinger. That's all it is. It's just much slower. And she it, it uh, she just says the same thing over and over again. And what the hell is a Moonraker anyway? It's the shuttle. The, but you don't know that from the song. <laughs> you pay attention to she's, the she's singing it. She's singing it like everybody should know what Moonraker is. Okay, yeah. but I mean, at this point, we've already wait a minute seen no. the Moonraker get stolen, right? No, 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 no. 
We've only had the parachuting. We haven't had the plane exploding yet. Oh, I thought that was before. All right. Oh, well, nice try to defend yourself. <laughs> I know. Hey, I admit what is wrong. Oh, no, wait a minute. The, the no. hijacking happens at the very, very beginning yeah. before the parachute. Oh, no, that's right. You're the right. The hijacking right. did happen. Oh, that's true. Thank you very much, Mark. Oh, boy. But it's still a horrible Either song. way, okay, I'm correct. It's marginally better than the other one, which means that the other one is even worse. So... <laughs> The graphics behind it, though, everything that's going on, I can get into women bouncing around on a trampoline, pretending they're in space. That's so much. Like at least in this one, they're not like doing whoop de whoops on the end of pistols and having James Bond come and knock them over like little toy soldiers when they're all naked. It's still boobies flying at you like crazy. Yeah. Last last week you said you had an issue with boobs everywhere. And because that's the first image. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. And just <laughs> look, just listen to the lyric to Moonraker. Just like the Moonraker goes in search of his dream of gold, I search for love for someone to have and to hold. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what? I'm, what does it mean? Who is a Moonraker? What does a Moonraker do? He's searching for love. The space shuttle. The space shuttle is looking for his one true love. <laughs> Just the Planet Express ship as played by Stigorn. Where Stigorn. are you? Why do you hide? What the hell, man? It's so much better that the women are, like, at their own entertainment than at a man's entertainment or the phallic symbol of a gun being a man's entertainment. Like, it's, it's just much more acceptable. I walk around my house naked all the time. Not for the enjoyment of James Bond, but just because that's how I want to be. So, like, this intro versus last week's intro, much more acceptable to me. All right, I guess. Sarah, you keep trying to punch, punch in with something. <laughs> All right, well, Sarah. First, now I have an image stuck in my head of, like, James <laughs> Bond and the going to the zoo. Because you brought up the Futurama reference, Andy. So, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Um, look, a cuddly baby taper. Uh, but the the problem with the song, whether anyone thinks it's good or not, is that they um, they bumped up the release date on this movie to match the space shuttle launch, which then mm-hmm. got pushed back. Right. So <laughs> that didn't work out. But Shirley Basie didn't have time to like really practice the song, and she said she didn't have time to make it her own. Right. So. Yeah, it feels it, forced. Yeah, she had two weeks because, right. and it was originally going to be. Um, oh shoot! Now I now I'm forgetting who it was, but some other like lounge singer type person, and uh, Frank Sinatra. Right. Well, it was originally Sinatra, and then it was actually someone else who. Really. Uh, and and oh, then he, yeah. Here, hang on. God, that just makes this song even better. I want to say Johnny yeah. Mathis, but I don't think that's right. No, no, I think that might be right. Hang on. So, I don't Sinatra? know about that. Since yeah. we mentioned Sinatra, he was also at one time offered the role of Drax. Oh, oh that I'm really glad that neither of those things happened. <laughs> yeah. I like Sinatra, but he has no business being in this movie. I mean, yeah, no, fly that's me correct. To the moon, fly me to the moon would have been a better song for yes, this movie. 
my gosh. Fly me <laughs> to the moon. The moon. I will wrap you up on the star. Fly me to the moon's a great song. This song, it's a fantastic song. Kinda, it's a- yeah, yeah. It it was Johnny Mathis. That's correct. So, yeah, they both bailed because right. they were smart. Yeah. So uh, they read the lyrics, guys. That's that's what happened. They read the lyrics. And they're like, no, thank you. Yeah. No um, way. Yeah. I. I mean, I think they, I think this movie tried to do, you know, many things that like, like we were talking about with the spy who loved me. It's like, they're trying to go back and bring out all the things that had sort of worked before for Bond and bring them back and remix them. And one of those is definitely a Shirley Bassey theme song. And I think this just sort of didn't work out. And for me, this is definitely the weakest of, of her three outings, uh, like by far, I rather like the other two, and this one I do not. So I I don't hate it, but it's just not all that good. I don't hate it. All. I'm bored by it, but it's, it's I don't really hate boring. it. See now you know how I felt last week. But you I were do wrong know how you week. felt last week. Oh. I disagree with you, but yeah, no. Yeah, so still- okay. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Drax because um, that's where the movie goes next. Um, Bond okay, goes. I legitimately feel like he has a great plan. Okay, but that isn't revealed. But it isn't revealed right away. No, he's just being a nice guy. Uh, uh, is he? What <laughs> is he? Well, he offers Bond tea. So and I'm, cucumber sandwiches. This is true. I don't know. It has his personal pilot fly him around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take some hunting. And Aww. yeah. And try okay. to kill him. Here's my here. I I figured something out though, is that I think part of my like deep seated distrust mm-hmm. of Elon Musk partially comes from this movie Ah, because he he essentially is hugo drax he's like oh wealthy industrialist doing all these great things right but seems like something's kind of sketchy i don't know he might you know like i don't know so we need to look for elon musk's lab in italy yeah so i don't know maybe so, I will yeah, say let's... that I really liked the the darts that he gets to shoot out from underneath his sleeve, and I was quite disappointed that they only showed their face once. Twice. He no, had... he used them twice. Or twice. twice. He yeah, had eight twice. of them. No, that's true. Yeah, he he, he never he could have used them on um he could have used them on Jaws when they were like in the yeah. um in the alleyway. In or Brazil. when he was in the water fighting with the snake, maybe. Very good times. Maybe. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know how those darts work underwater, but okay. yeah. Okay. So anyway, he goes. He goes to Drax's estate. He shows him around. Um, he meets. Uh, he meets Doctor Holly Goodhead. Um, <laughs> terrible name. Uh, <laughs> who is She's an astronaut and working for Drax, but we find this out later. She's also secretly 
a CIA agent. Um, she's taking Bond on a tour. And for some reason, part of this tour is, hey, let's put you in the gravity machine that makes all the astronauts throw up. That's a great idea, right? Dude, I would totally do that. <laughs> well, I, it seems like she did that because Bond kept hitting on her and she didn't like it. Yes. So she was like, here, get in the centrifuge, you idiot. <laughs> I don't think she to do like you. Okay, that, that does make I sense. Kill, yes. Yeah, she wasn't yeah. trying to kill him. It was the henchman. That, that right. Yeah, Chang. Right. Yeah. So the henchman tries to kill him. Um, Bond is able to, yeah, stop it with one of his darts. He gets out of it. Uh, he seduces the pilot who is able to open up a safe. He finds uh, some blueprints in it. Doesn't know exactly what they are, but they lead him to an Italian glassmaker. Uh, and then he leaves and uh, Drax, he goes to say goodbye to Drax. Uh, Drax is out pheasant hunting. I want to know if they actually killed pheasants in this movie. Looks like it. I, I'm thinking they did. Yeah, it looks like real. Looks like real. Yeah, yeah, so. It does. And these are in the days before SPCA, like, uh, certifies that no animals were harmed during the making of this movie. Um, I think they killed some birds. <laughs> Probably. Very Probably. possible. Um, one other, one other thing. We talked a little bit about the music in this. Um, there is one musical cue in this sequence that I don't know if folks cued in on, but a, a trumpeter shows up and blows a trumpet and plays um, the first three notes of Thus Spock Zarathustra, which is also the theme song to 2001. Yeah. To remind us, this movie might eventually get into space in its last 10 minutes. There's also uh, a a cue to uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yes, we were going to get there. I was Ah, going to wait on that, but we can go ahead and... We can Sorry. go ahead and talk about it. No, that's fine. No, but you know yeah. what, oh. what, what? What I wanted to to bring up was that uh, the the pilot that shows uh, James Bond around is also the first person that has sex with him, which means, yes. and she's dead. Yeah, after the pheasants. Yeah, she. Went, and I wanted to point out the brutality of that. Yeah. Well, like we were talking about that too, is because. They try to make it look as beautiful as possible. They give it this wonderful lighting and they give it this orchestra of almost a love scene orchestra as she's running away. And you know she's about to be torn apart by rabid dogs. And her dress is so beautiful. Yeah. Like she's wearing this very light dress and she's running through this forest with the light spearing through the trees and, and these dogs are chasing her and you know what's going to happen and you know what does happen when it doesn't and it's just kind of this juxtaposition of her innocence with the violence and right and I really like like in the filming of it I don't know that it was done intentionally or not but as she starts to run and look behind her and stuff she trips like her her ankle kind of rolls with her heels and she trips and she has to recover and keep running and it gives Mm -hmm. us this sense of like actual terror like that's something that is so unproduced 
like it's it's as though her fear really is kicking in and she is straight up terrified of these dogs and she knows she is going to die and i i like that they left that in if it was on accident and if it wasn't then that was really good yeah no i completely agree although i don't know why she didn't just jump in the cart like i thought for sure she was gonna just jump in the cart and drive her ass out of there but she didn't right yeah i thought so too especially since they were like so slow to release the dogs just to build up her terror right and it's a golf cart so the keys are always in (laughs) yeah or climb a tree in heels i have actually tried to do that it does not work well she cha- <laughs> she changes to tennis shoes mid chase anyway so still <laughs> i yes. oh gosh. yeah i missed still. that <laughs> that's i need to rewatch terrible. that yeah, um uh yes again two things she's both in heels and in tennis shoes to run anyway <laughs> uh but but no i i completely agree i think that it's so weird that it is both beautifully shot and just abject terror and i feel like it's a huge total mismatch for oh i love this really yeah it's like the yeah. classical it's like the only part of the spy who loved me that i liked with the classical music going as things start to like get really gruesome as she's about to get murdered by dogs? Yeah, like, I, I don't mind. I don't know. I, I think I said it last week that I, I that I've seen that before in several other movies, and I think yeah. it's a good juxtaposition. I like it. Okay. I okay. I like it, but I don't think it fits in a Bond movie. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can see that argument, but in general, I just I I I don't have anything against it. I think it's but like cool of sometimes. all the movie choices in this movie, I feel like this was one of the better. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, Bond gets to that sequence, and yeah, she does have tennis shoes on. <laughs> oh my! No God. way! I completely missed that. Sorry, Eddie. No, no, no. That's good. Important. I, I can't believe it. I'm definitely gonna have to rewatch that. As that's horrible editing. Look for her <laughs> tennis shoes. Anyway, so uh, Bond goes to Italy to this uh, to this glassmaker. And somebody explained to me why a five-century-old Italian glassmaker is giving tours in English (laughs) where they talk about the value of everything in there in American dollars. Because America, that's why. Have you been to Venice? No, I have not. Mark, you I've have. I've taken a lot of tours there, and they were all in English. They it, it depends. You choose your 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 uh, yeah. tour group. You choose the package, and they do it in several languages. They do it in Italian, in English, Spanish. Yep. Uh, and if you've and- ever tried, especially back then, if you ever tried to explain things to Americans in English, or excuse me, in Italian um, currency, it would have held no value. Like. The Italian currency back then was impossible to understand. Yeah, the lira was like uh, ten thousand lira to one U.S. dollar. To a dollar, like yeah. Like yeah. it, it would have there would have been no concept. So that part actually makes total sense to me. So today I learned something then that you can be an ugly American and go to yeah. and go to Venice and they will cater to you. They so will. that that's wonderful. But not in um, the restaurants as much. 
but in yes. like, like I've gone to a glass blowing place in Italy and they gave us the tour as a bunch of like ugly American high school students in English and explained everything to us in terms that we could comprehend. So Wow. Yeah. Well yeah, doesn't same. Really um, like myself any better. <laughs> but that's awesome. Uh so okay, well good. Then I thought I was being clever, but You're I'm the ignorant clever. one. You're so. still clever little bit well this movie is a little bit clever as um bond infiltrates and the glassworks <laughs> he infiltrates the the glass blowing factory it's actually a front for a lab and he finds out they're making dangerous chemicals and mark pointed out that to get into the lab they played the music from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Which was a um which was which was a personal favor between Cubby Broccoli and Steven Spielberg, who asked him if they could use that music and he cleared it for them uh because Broccoli had allowed them to use music from Bond in uh one of his films. So um oh, cool. yeah, so you know, some nice, uh, some nice back and forth there. But once again, trying to do the whole, this movie's gonna go into space eventually. <laughs> so we promise it's gonna happen, guys. Just hold, we promise. Just hold on. This is the most, space. the most foreplay in any Bond movie ever. <laughs> when are they going to get to the fireworks factory, Bart? They said they were going to get to the fireworks factory. <laughs> that's perfect man this movie does eventually go into space um it takes a while uh yeah uh but in the lab um uh bond uh leaves some of the stuff out like a dope and one of the scientists kicks it over and they die because it is very very toxic uh he skedaddles out of there um he and holly meet up again they're like should we work together yeah maybe we should work together sure i want to wink i want to talk about these two like okay america and britain ostensibly on the same side here right yep like working a lot less well together than britain and russia did in the last movie so felix Leiter would have never treated Bond the way he's treated in this movie. And Bond never would have flirted with Felix like that. He never would have. So. Not, he's not that kind of Bond. I don't know. Jeffrey Wright's a gorgeous man. He is, but that's oh, in that's the future. <laughs> no, that's true. Okay. Uh, future future I, Felix is sexy. Um. Well, I mean, previous Felixes have been pretty sexy. A couple of them, like, that's super pretty boy, like boy band sexy. Just so, the mod, the mod just, Felix was was just the was mod squad looking. one, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now all um, I can think about is an Italian seventies boy band. <laughs> which one? All right, <laughs> they're no, all they're called curious. Lots of Lovely Lyra. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, but, um, yeah, do you think that uh, you know what I really hate about this movie that there is zero chemistry between Holly Goodhead and James Bond? 
like it's it's forced chemistry that it, it doesn't seem natural and it doesn't seem like it's gonna go anywhere i i, I think that's what this movie is missing it's missing that chemistry but, that he usually has with, with the you, leading ladies doesn't that make you like it more no i i don't but it should because she's a cia operative she shouldn't be actually falling for him it but should she be does forced. it should both be like playing their parts Kind of like what you liked about in The Spy Who Loved Me. I knew that, where Brooke it, was going with this. Yeah, but that worked there, though. There was real chemistry. There was no chemistry in this movie at all. She's so like, oh, hi. And you're, I don't think that there's... You're a good-looking CIA agent. Let's bone. And by the way, let's like not like each other for a few minutes, and then we'll come... We'll run about to liking each other okay, once again. Okay, you know what, though? This No. See, you're so wrong. Because... Like, um, I guess. Here's yes. Here's why. Why? No one ever faults Bond for getting in bed with them for Queen and Country. Sure, uh-huh. he's like, all right, here's a new woman. You're, you're, yeah, let's do it. But that doesn't mean he actually has real chemistry with any of them. They just all fall for him, and that makes it seem like there's chemistry. And here's a woman who's like, I don't care that my name's Goodhead. I ain't giving it to you. <laughs> I'm gonna keep doing my job. And she stays focused on her job the entire time. And she does her job. I'm sure she plays the part. She does what she needs to. And he knows that she's playing her part. And he knows. And she knows that he's playing his part. And they're not actually falling for each other because that's not what they're there to do. I, 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 get, I get your argument. And that, that's fine. I'm, I'm cool. But this movie's trying to sell chemistry between these two. And there's no chemistry. And the spy See, who loves me, like there was, was chemistry like between were... Bond Bond and Amasova, like there was absolute chemistry at there. I, I don't care if they were doing it for Queen Country or not; that doesn't matter to me. But like, there was actual tangible chemistry between those two. In yeah, this movie, th- it's not there. I didn't think there was supposed to be. Now, like on the space love I mean, shack with all the beautiful in, couples, they're, they're banging in space, so there has to be some kind of. There's supposed to be an implied <laughs> chemistry there. Like, come well, on, the it, it can't be absent of chemistry. Right, but at the to be end, a... when she's like, take me around the world again, Bond. But at that again. point, you're like, like At that point, there is, I like, I thought there was some actual, like, there was more chemistry in that moment right there. But the rest of the time, they're like, nope, I'm here to do a job. Do my job. Sure, okay, Sarah, Sarah, Doug, help us break this tie. Who do you think <laughs> has more chemistry? The Spy Wait. Who Loved Me or Moonraker? I think I think there's more chemistry in the spy oh, who loved me. Yeah, definitely. than there is in Moonraker. There's definitely more. Yeah. Does there need to be more? There needs to be a more more of a lot of stuff in this movie yep. to make it. So chemistry is not going to help the movie. <laughs> Agreed. I, but it would give me less to bitch about, though. This, yeah, I I actually agree with both of you. I, I think when they hook up the first time, they're both doing their job, the standard operating procedure to like try to create a physical romantic entanglement with the other operatives so you can learn as much as you can. But there isn't any chemistry there. They're just doing their jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think her acting is a little flat through the yes. entire movie. That doesn't help. She Well, or it does help depending on which side of the argument you want to make. But the movie's definitely trying to insinuate that he's slowly winning her over throughout their encounters in the movie um, that's until true we get to the end it, it does. finally 
false rim constraint. It's like each time they encounter, she pushes back a little bit less. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I and, I, and I don't buy it. Really? I, I don't. Like, it just, it doesn't so work. She, it, she's I, just supposed to fall for him right away and not think anymore? No, I just want some actual chemistry and there, there's just none. It's like painting by the numbers, like, hey, we did the Queen and Country and, and you know, rah-rah USA thing, but now I'm supposed to like you. This is step B, y'all. And in step C, I'm going to like you a little bit more. And then at the end of the movie, I'm going to bang you in space and we're supposed to be happier together. It, it just, it doesn't work at all. You've never had someone that you just didn't like at first. And then the more time I, you spent with them and the more you got to know them. And then by the time you had this really bonding moment in space where everything blew up around you, you kind of liked them more. You've never had I mean, that? yes, but I've never had to go to space <laughs> to stop a crazy madman from killing everybody. I will say that I, I agree that her acting is flat. I, I do believe that she's still like maybe a hundred times better of an actress than Triple X. Well, pregnant while they filmed this, so. Was she? Yes. Oh, she was? I didn't know that. <laughs> That's what I've read, so. She had chemistry. She was pregnant when they filmed this. <laughs> immediately after, she actually had to fly home to Houston to take care of her dad's medical problems. Oh. So she was in the middle of a bunch of stuff going on, apparently. Got it. Yeah. That makes so, sense. I, I genuinely did like her acting a lot more than Triple X. That's crazy. Barbara Bach is... She plays off Painful. her love anything. Well, okay, so the problem is there's... Just my experience, there seems to be two types of relationships in James Bond movies. Either she falls for him immediately and usually ends up dead, or she hates him and then at the end she just flips and and falls for him right Um, there's not enough there's not a lot of in-between for bond girls right but she's kind of an in-between and i kind of like that no i just think that she doesn't play it right i mean the the back and forth and the playing between those those emotions most of the actresses have really i mean it's worked for them they've made it work uh lewis Childs, I, I just don't think she she did it all that well in this movie and you know everything that doug brought up kind of makes sense like she was preoccupied with other things in her life and she yeah. didn't bring her a game and that's the whole point i'm making like she as an actor did not bring her a game and it shows there's a there's an absolute lack of chemistry we've seen this in other movies too uh two actors where you think would be great together and they have no charisma no chemistry and the movie just sucks this is an example of that. Men I, in I, Black International. The what now? Uh, Men in Black International, where we had two actors who had proven chemistry and Thor Ragnarok got together mm-hmm. in a movie and had none of it. Yeah, very, exactly. Very great, good example. Great example. Yeah. And, and, and once again, I think the problem with both of those is the script. I mean, an actor is only as good as the material that you give them to work with. And I just... I don't think that this was really like a plus material. I there's only, you know, uh, they, they just couldn't do more with this. This, this film was rushed. Uh, it was rushed into production, um, because they were originally going to do for your eyes only. And then they said, no, let's make a space picture because star Wars, and then let's hurry it up even more because (laughs) the space shuttle 
And and so they're horribly behind schedule. You know, this film needed several more passes at a script to really like make makes any something better. Um, really give them something to you know build some chemistry on. I don't fault the actors here. I I fault the script and the direction. It just, I just I totally understand where you're all coming from and what you wanted to see from it. It just worked for me. I just I liked it. It seemed like a styling choice, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, moving on to the the next scene, which was Wait, we did before we leave Venice. Okay. Got to talk about the gondola. Well, oh. we're not we're <laughs> we're not leaving we're not leaving Venice yet. We're we're going to the okay. Wait, is the is the boat fight first or the fight in the glass factory first? I thought fight, it was fight in the glass factory. The, yeah, first. fight in the glass factory first, and then the gondola boat run. Okay. Such a dumb so, fight. However, so Bond gets into a fight with Drax's henchman Chang, uh, Chang who uh, is actually he he was recruited for this role because he was producer Michael G. Wilson's Aikido instructor. <laughs> yeah. uh, this guy is like a serious martial artist, and they brought him in to do this scene. Uh, Michael G. Wilson, also stepson of Albert Broccoli, and uh, is now, along with his sister Barbara Broccoli, in charge of the Bond franchise. Uh, this was the first film he helped produce, and we are going to come back to Michael Wilson many, many times over the next five movies because he is responsible for some of the bad things. I hate um, him. <laughs> uh, I do not hate him because he's also responsible for some of the good things later on. So um, he learned to do better. Anywho, um, this is really I, bad. This fight well, is just. Ugh. I agree with and you. This fight is awful. This it's fight was also the largest uh, use of breakable uh, sheet glass ever in a Hollywood production. So. Wow. Way to break a record. <laughs> oh, glass everywhere. My, my, my well, biggest problem with this fight scene is, is if you're supposed to, yeah, it, no, if you're supposed to take out James Bond, if your job is to kill him, why come at him with a practice katana sword? Yes. Yeah. Why yeah, use why, a bamboo yeah. sword? Yep. Yeah, like yep. why, yeah. why, why? No, uh, and I, as soon as I see that, I'm taking out of the, of the whole scene because I'm like, this is just stupid. You're not serious about killing him, and I hate you for that. Which I is agree fine because this is the start of an entire what is it 10 minute sequence of the movie that is just directed by chuck jones it's so <laughs> yep because yeah. like a... they they start the fight in the in the glass museum and they don't hit anything and then it's almost like they decided on the spot while they were directing <laughs> so... anything Let's just keep shooting, and you guys could just throw each other around and break everything. <laughs> Your mission, if you choose to accept it, break yeah. all the glass. Yeah. Ending yeah. with um, Chang getting pushed out clock. of the glass face of a clock and ending up head down, feet sticking straight up out of a grand piano. Great. <laughs> With his with his his undergarments exposed, yeah, it was so bad. Yeah, it, just, it should have been animated. It's how ridiculous it is. 
It really, really is. Yeah. And then Bond's escape in the gondola, which... <laughs> well, okay, we'll get there. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. I don't know. It, but it's yet another boat chase. And this one is not any better than any of the previous ones we've seen. And I just, I'm like, what are we doing here, people? Well, it, it doesn't help that because it was in Venice... I mean, until until the the remake of Italian Job, Venice didn't let anybody speed boat through their canals, oh. so they had to film it and then speed it up because yeah. they had a speed limit in the canals. Ah, yeah. no way! Sped up film theme a couple times. Yeah, yeah, they did that m- several times in this movie, and you can really tell it looks it really kind of sticks out. Yeah, yeah very it's very silly looking it looks like oh fast motion everybody loves that it, it, i mean sarah you put it exactly right it looks like chuck jones looney tunes it's yeah. just and, and this sequence really didn't need any more silliness in it. <laughs> it didn't need any help with that it was fine the way it was he would have been better just getting out of the gondola and running through the plaza yeah but then they couldn't have sewn, like, smashed through the other gondola and the couple making out is oblivious. And... Or have, have often knocked off the yes. gondola. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the whole Dracula bit with the gun, with the coffin. That was ridiculous. Rises up with the knives <laughs> out of the coffin. Takes a shot at Bond and misses. Oh, it's like, oh my god. And then when the coffee gets knocked off into the water, the guy's walking across the bridge with, what is it, some wine or something? His cigarette. Yeah, a cigarette, and he looks down off and he, like, tosses his but, cigarette off the bridge like, I'm done with that. Had, had he not already <laughs> been Scaramanga, I would have loved to have seen Christopher Lee as the guy in the coffin. <laughs> <laughs> and and then one of the passers-by is like, man, you know times are tough when they be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. <laughs> oh, wait, that was a better movie. Sorry. Oh, well, yes. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. Gondola no. turns into a hovercraft. A hovercraft, of course, of because course. why not? <laughs> yeah, and it, <laughs> Betty Hill. Because <laughs> we've got like four or five different bits in there. There's the um, there's the pigeon doing the the spit take. There's yes. the guy pouring wine, and it pours off the glass onto the, onto the man's head. Same thing in a previous Bond, and he does it one more time in a following Bond. They use the same guy three times for yeah. the same gag. And there's there's a couple more bits that I can't remember, but they just like they, they just had a one contract full of comedy. It was just like this is going to be our comedy break, right? In our serious space movie. <laughs> I will say though, as I was watching it, and maybe I just need to credit the drugs for this. I don't know. I didn't like the fight in the glass, but the coffin didn't bother me. Going through the canals didn't bother me. Like nothing really bothered me until the gondola like got up and walked out of the canal <laughs> and tried to run itself through the friggin' plaza, and then the bird and the boy. Like that's when it all got to be too much for me, and I was like, okay, let's move on. But the rest of it, like I was like, yeah, I mean. We've seen the big parades before. We've seen the coffin coming to kill someone before. Like, this isn't too horribly out of place to have a guy Frankenstein himself or Dracula himself up out of the the coffin and start throwing knives at people. I mean, I think you could have 
Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, it's just like there's ridiculousness in all of the movies, right? Like this just part until the the gondola sprouts a petticoat and jumps up out of the canal. It just really didn't bother me that much until then. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a version of this movie where if they had just leaned into that very silly, campy tone, it could have maybe worked. But this movie is way too all over the place. And it's it's like trying to be way too many things at once. And still promising at some point we're going to go into space and be a space movie. And it just, no. I... I think, yeah, you could have had a version of the of you could have had a James Bond movie where you made this work, where you went into the Looney Tunes aspect. But this I, I just don't think this is that. Anyway, can we leave Venice? Can we can we move on to Brazil? Yes, go to Brazil. So uh, one quick thing about that. When they were filming, I guess Roger Moore had a kidney stone problem. Yes. So he couldn't fly to Brazil in time to prepare. And so I read that he went to, to hair and makeup, got on the airplane, flew to, flew to Brazil, and they filmed him getting off the actual Concorde for the movie, which was... Oh, no way. Yeah. Because he was like a week behind. So... Yeah. There must have been some bad kidney stones. That's... That's terrible. This is the second time where him having kidney stones has um, messed with production of a movie. Um, just poor guy. I've had kidney stones. Not fun, but never been laid up quite this bad. So I, I don't, I don't know what, uh, how bad Moore's were. Terrible though. But yes, that's true. And. Um, in the meantime, they tried to delay it by uh, rushing some of the stunts. Um, one of the first things that they filmed were the stunts on top of the Sky Tram, and one of the stuntmen almost died. Whoa. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, almost fell off and uh, was, you know, able to get back on, but was not properly harnessed, and if he had not been able to get back up, uh, yeah. I don't know why actual stuntmen were allowed to do that if they were not properly harnessed to the top, but somebody almost died making this movie. And uh, It yeah. would not have been worth it for this movie. I'll give you that. No, one. not at all. No, no not at all. Um, Speaking of the, the stuntmen... We've, we didn't even mention this in the like the beginning sequence um, with the stuntman for Jaws mm -hmm. during the parachute scene. Mm -hmm. It was such an obvious difference between the two of them that it was a little bit distracting for me. I will say that well, that part of the, the scene I, I did not appreciate. Where do you find someone who looks like Richard Keel, though? I, I mean, he's just so distinct. <laughs> Right, but if you can't find someone, then do a different shot, right? Good point. Good point. I agree with you. So, I mean, I think I that was true. I am glad, however, all of that there were no stuntmen that were killed in the making of this movie. Or yes. Unlike that only is, birds. Stuntmen not looking like actors has never stopped Star Trek from doing it. Right. <laughs> 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 
Touche. <laughs> this is Shatner, Lubins, then Shatner again, and here it is clearly Lubins. <laughs> oh, you did that so perfectly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, but yes, uh, stunt doubles not uh, not exactly great. But what else do people like uh, or not like in this Brazil sequence? The the carnival scene where Jaws oh. comes after the woman in the alley and he's wearing that that clown. clown head. Yeah, that works. That scared me to death as a child. It haunted yeah. my nightmares. That that's one of my favorite James Bond sequences ever. I, I have so to admit, scary. yeah, I have to admit that's a great scene. And I saw this with my daughter because I'm watching every Bond movie with my daughter. And that freaked her out as well. Uh, she she kept saying the clowns the clowns coming the clowns coming. Yeah, it, it's it's really freaky. And even that's the scene I didn't like. And even even yeah, when, I'm trolling you. I'm just kidding. I liked it too. God, okay, take good. Off that clown head, and he still has her, and he's about to you know bite her neck for whatever reason. It's yeah. still he's still scary as hell at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably his scariest moment as a villain. Yeah, it's I like agree. Giant clown head comes down the alley and then tries to bite your neck. That's yeah, that's terrifying. Right. Super, super, super scary. So, so that. Um, the, the ambulance bit, though. Oh my God. Mm. Yeah, so, it's painfully stupid. More Benny Hill. More yeah, Benny. more Benny Hill. <laughs> and. I don't know. Maybe they were leaning into that because Benny Hill was a thing on PBS back then. That's yeah, very true. I just, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be, but I just, I don't know. It it seems very, very silly. I mean, this is, I mean, it gets worse in later movies, but they're obviously leaning into this at this point. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're uh, also, how many different genres were they going to hit? Because we got a sci-fi, and then we take a western turn for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. The three yeah. amigos show up. Oh my! Yeah. But it's actually music from um, uh, it, from Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, or it's, uh, it's one of the of, it's one of the Morricone's uh uh. Soundtrack. Yeah. I want to yeah. say Sierra Leone, but I'll double check. <laughs> okay. Hey, I, I got a yeah. question. So, when he's dressed up as a gaucho, uh, are they still in Brazil or are they in Argentina? They're supposed to be in Brazil. They're supposed, but why does it look like he's dressed like a gaucho? And it look, it would make more sense that there's a British presence in Argentina because of the whole Falkland Islands thing. Like, yeah. why, why they would have, you know, another. You know, remote office in the middle of Brazil doesn't make much sense. And and, and the yeah. fact that they actually didn't film that in Brazil. They filmed it in Guatemala. No way. Tikal. That makes zero yeah. sense. No, at Tikal, which is where they filmed the Alderaan, the Yavin 4 stuff. The Yavin 4, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, another another connection to Star Wars. But, um, but yeah. Yeah, because... That didn't make sense because they're the, so uh, M tells them you have to go to Brazil, 
you know, at northern mm -hmm. Brazil, because that's where Drax is at. And there's a Mayan temple there, and fucking Mayans weren't in Brazil. Like, there's no, right. there's no, there's no temple in Brazil. Like, it but makes see, zero this, sense. This is this is like Orientalism, but for Latin America. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, it's just a bunch of brown Spanish-speaking people down there. They speak Portuguese in Brazil. Yeah. Yeah, they got a safe thing. Sure. Yeah, same brown pyramids. Thing. They're everywhere. Yeah. Brown people, pyramids, same difference. You know, it's all it's all something. Inca, Incas, Mayans, Aztecs, all the same shit. Just... Yeah, same stuff. All the same. You know. So yeah, it, it's and that it, that's really a little bit disturbing. Um, we we do get another boat chase scene on the Amazon, which it's like oh, another boat chase. <laughs> Thank My you. daughter said it immediately as soon as the boats came out. She's like, "Another boat scene." I'm like, "Yeah, man, they love that shit." And I like how it immediately goes from like deep in the Amazon to like they're out on open river, and then suddenly yeah. there's a giant waterfall. It's yeah. like, okay, yeah, sure, totally. Of which Jaws lives again. Yes. And then yeah, chooses so not to use the gun in his hands to just shoot down the paraglider. That James takes off in. Right. I did find a problem with that. Well, yeah. or did he? Because the paraglider almost immediately crashes. Right. No, that's true. Yeah. yeah. He didn't have much further to go. Like, like, this was supposed to be Q's big superboat, and it, it dropped mines, and it had a paraglider roof, but the paraglider wasn't that great. So. Let me correct. Hang glider, not paraglider. Hang glider. Yes. You're right. Sorry, excuse me. My bad. Sure. Glidey thing. <laughs> and I have to keep having all the water stuff going on because of Poseidon. It wasn't a paraglider. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those glider things. So. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, so they get to Drax's uh, jungle lair and talk to him there. And but the snake. Reveals... Oh yeah, oh yeah, the snake. We got to yeah. talk about the snake. Yeah, the power of Poseidon. Oh Bond fights a giant snake. Um, it's 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 you know, more like named the movie Anaconda after me. <laughs> oh yeah, Anaconda. Yeah. What? Okay. So that's that was a question I had. Is like they call it a python. But like, yeah, it definitely should have been an anaconda, right? It should have been. Or, yeah, I'm for that reason. In, in the bloopers thing that you can see, uh, Drax says boa constrictor, but wow. they redubbed it as python for some reason. Really? Weird. <laughs> wow. I guess that doesn't, I don't know. Maybe people didn't know about anaconda in the late 70s. They had not yet had the 1995 hit movie with <laughs> J-Lo and Ice Cube. And John Voight. To, and John yeah. Voight to explain that they got snakes out there this big. <laughs> yep. Yes, they do, Ice Cube. Yes, they do. <laughs> anyway. Uh, if they had had that Anaconda movie as well as Snakes on a Plane. To change the whole premise. Indeed. Um, 
I, I had a thought as I watched this that like the entire premise of this movie was like, we have to respond to star Wars. So we're going to go to space. But this was the first scene where I actually saw something where I was like, Oh, that feels like star Wars because it felt like Luke and the Dianoga on the death star. Um, probably because Luke and the Dianoga is like right outside, right out of George Lucas's like, you know, serial movies that he used to watch as a kid uh, with like, you know, jungle snakes attacking or whatever. So I don't know, sort of came all full circle there for a moment for me. But this was the first moment where it actually felt uh, at least a little bit inspired by Star Wars. Really? Yeah. I couldn't get over the fact that I was seeing a Mayan temple in Brazil. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was that like, too. this is well, really stupid. Well, and I was also thinking, oh, that's Tikal. That's that's uh, Yavin 4. So, you know, um, the, I think I think that, that also played into it. I was just sort of cued for Star Wars at that point. But, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, I don't know. And then they... They go to space. Uh, oh, Holly Goodhead's there too. Uh, we should mention that. And um, they escape together and both take over one of the space shuttles. Uh, in fact, the fifth space shuttle. And they get up to the space station. Um, there are space marines who come to help invade. They turn off the... Uh, they turn off the cloaking device that is keeping the space station from being seen by the military and everyone below. Uh, they launch the space Marines up there and there's a big fight with pew pew lasers and <laughs> horrible, just horribly. Bad. I, yeah, I don't know what to make of all of this. That whole scene was thunderball in space. With 2000 suits. Yes. Yeah, that, that's it was almost frame by frame the exact same thing, and it was horrible, just so horrible. It's like they spent ten bucks on freaking special effects. It was just so bad. I'm not gonna defend it. It was awful. You, you, you can't <laughs> like defend to it. me. <laughs> no, to me, it's it is similar to the sheriff scene. Like, if you could take this one sequence out then the whole movie works for me but the then, whole movie about them going to space if you yes. just get rid of that space part <laughs> it works for me if you know just the yes. space fight just the space fight everything well, else is you, totally good with if you take out the space fight then there's nobody there to save james bond like he'll have nobody to back him up so I'm the movie ends that, with him dying no, I'm not saying that they couldn't have redone it a different way and still had a fight, but they shouldn't like start spewing out of their little rockets. And then start fighting each other. Like they should like infiltrate the Death Star and secretly go inside of <laughs> the shuttle and then start fighting them inside not like out in the middle of space like there's just if if we could have just redo like just redo that part and what's with all the weapons inside deep space nine like 
if anybody fires those weapons, they'll blow windows, depressurize yeah, everything. Everybody, none of this makes any kind of sense at all. Well, you gotta come, you gotta have them so that when you come back to the depopulated Earth, you've got something to defend yourself with. I, I, I guess. Okay. So besides the besides the like fight scene, the thing that really bugs me about this movie is if you, oh, never mind. We'll, we'll we'll stay where we're at. Sorry. Yeah, the 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 space fight is like I don't know. I don't know how it was received when it came out. It seems really dumb now, but it's also like a good cultural peek into what people thought space exploration was going to be back then because we're going to have these big shuttles going up what are they going to do well they're going to be full of people so we can fight our enemies in space and of course we're going to have lasers but by right? now you had star wars you had uh, close encounters of the third kind you had uh 2001 space odyssey you had mm -hmm. uh by now alien had already come out right this is 79 um, this was 79 it's this was influence the production at all but like yeah. what i'm saying is that you all ha you had all those movies that did space right so folks watching this in the theater must have been like damn this sucks like this sucks really hard yeah because I I, it's, it's pretty bleak if, if that's what the like cultural thought of this is how space is going to be like immediate you know, in the next five years, this is what's going to be happening in space. That's that's pretty bleak. Right. Yeah, it's and... sort of like uh, watching, uh, comparing this to E.T. And what's the name of that movie, uh, Mac and Me? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, there, there's a big difference between E.T. and Mac and Me. And this is, the, the Star Wars is the E.T. And this is the uh, Mac and Me version of. It was like Fox. an eight year difference between them. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Special yeah. effects went backwards. It <laughs> went way backwards. So, you know, and, and pardon if I back up in the story too, now that we, now that we were on the space station, we forgot about Jaws meeting his girlfriend. Oh, ah, we did. True. And this is yeah. my favorite part. We and have to talk it. about this. It's so it's ridiculous. So okay. Good question though. Since we back, now that we back, brought that up, who remembers when they were kids watching this, she had braces. Yes. 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 I was boy. wondering what happened to that. So yeah. I read. She had them when they filmed the first part where they meet. And then when they filmed the, the space stuff, she didn't have the braces anymore. So they have since digitally removed the braces. That's what but, happened. Holy shit. They were there when we were kids. But See, that's and why I, they bonded. Yeah, I always liked that because it was like, Oh, she smiled and she has a mouth just like him. That's why they like each other. Yeah. 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 I, I would I also like there was something missing. Yep. That's, that's wow. it. But you know what? They could have kept it in and still explained it by saying that when she got to Deep Space Nine, that Drax has great health care and yes. pulled out her braces. They didn't have to remove that. Oh, that pisses no. me off. That pisses well, me off, too. In braces, because story wise, it makes more sense. Right. Yep. Yep. Oh man. I'm with you so, there, man. That good. That that's one of those like Mandela effects where it's like we were right. They did change it. Yep. Oh, it's, yeah. Those jerks. It's probably cheaper to paint them out than to put them in. Yeah. Probably. It's, yeah. I think that's that's. It's sad though. 
Yeah. Watching them smile though when they meet, did anyone else notice that every time that Jaws and James Bond come face to face with each other, he always flashes his perfectly like James Bond manicured smile at Jaws? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, stop touching him. Stop it. <laughs> It's 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 taunting him. It's an insult saying I've got just mean. <laughs> yeah. So um but I I sort of agree with Brooke. I low key love this part of the movie. I know Mark. I know <laughs> I it's it. I know <laughs> it's terrible. I know it's terrible. They I took one love of it. the greatest henchmen that's like really freaks you the hell out. That's mm-hmm. supposed to scare you, and then made mm-hmm. him into a puppy dog. Like, ah, mm-hmm. disgusting! It's gross. It's mm-hmm. so- oh, Mark, the same thing could happen to you. The, <laughs> the notes, notes I read said that they did that because children were writing the studio saying they liked Jaws, Correct. And so they wanted to make him a good guy. They wanted him to be a good guy. No, screw the stupid we- kids. It was it was fan service for children. Do not it screw was. children, Mark. I mean, no, don't literally screw them, but like screw their feelings. This is you as a studio cannot. Oh my god! Like, how do you ruin one of the best villains by listening to fucking five year olds saying they want him to be a good guy? He's a bad guy. He's ripping people's throats out with his teeth. How could you? But how could anybody want that guy to become good? Like, he's just done way too much to ever. Are gonna be good. Like this makes no sense. <laughs> I just I don't know. I loved that she sort of melted his heart, and then, you know, when push came to shove, it's like, oh, you know what? This evil guy, his plans don't have any place for me. He's gonna kill me after I kill Bond. If I want to stay with my girlfriend, I'm gonna switch sides. Yeah. And, you know. Mark, Pop open some champagne and, with you know. Teeth. Oh. Yep. Mark, what do we tell kids about other kids that are mean? Um, kick them on ads. No, the <laughs> other kids are mean because that's what they see at home. Speaking Just about kicking them in the ads. Uh, somebody to love him and he finally found it and now he doesn't have to be so angry anymore. Yeah, no, this doesn't work for me. But speaking of kicking somebody in the nads, uh, James Bond does kick uh, Jaws in the nads, and we hear that they're made out of metal as well. So I'm very yeah. worried about uh, Heidi. I don't know what's going to happen between these two, but I'm worried. Uh, her her name is Dolly. I looked it up. Her name is Dolly. <laughs> I don't even know her name, but I, yes. I'm concerned. I have concerns. She's gonna be fine. Me She's too. Is there like a is there like a Steely Dan situation going on down there? Like what what, what is this that we're talking about here? Like yes, I am also concerned. So, uh, that is a reference to the Barbarella movie, the Barbarella, yeah. uh, not 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 the seventies prog rock band. So yeah, anyway. who we uh, love. Took- which took their name from uh, from Barbarella, so uh, along with Duran Duran, who wrote another James Bond theme song. See, it all comes back for full circle. Yes. So there we all. go. You two kill. Anyway, um, it's better than yeah, the living so... daylights. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. Um, 
so uh yeah i don't know any any final thoughts on dolly and jaws i think we've that's just I... so dumb but to hear his voice finally at the end yeah it's sort of, it's sort of like hearing tom and jerry talk for the first time you're like wow <laughs> that's what they sound like and when he when he finally talks for the first time in two movies they're like oh okay but by then i don't even care about him anymore you're like ah you're dead to me now <laughs> but he survives yeah, he, he does. That, that's what i like about the end yeah. of that is that they survived they didn't kill him off they never bring jaws back but they didn't kill him. Well, that's because he's busy being in love, in love like some idiot yeah. Aww. Yeah. Mark, do we need to talk about your hatred of love? <laughs> Maybe, but not on this podcast. I guess so. <laughs> 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 um, uh, and then, okay, uh, Bond confronts Drax, shoots him with the dart, and tosses him out of out an airlock. As villain deaths go, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it's not I mean, bad. Fitting. Yeah, not bad. I think it's fitting for him. It beats it beats being blown up by an air bullet. Yeah, yeah. Floating to the ceiling, floating. Yeah, it beats the meat balloon thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Where's Drex? He took a flight. I think this is uh, of of all of the of all of the more Bonds villains. This is probably the best villain death. So to date, yeah, I think so. So, um, Scaramanga's close, but this is this one's probably a little a little better. So, well, he, he got what he wanted. He was in space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so, final final thoughts on Hugo Drax. Good villain, a, bad villain. I thought he was uh, a great villain. Uh, I, I think so. Michael Lonsdale did a wonderful job. He did. Being just just that edge of of Elon Musk and and villainous at the same time. Yeah. yeah. You see, but the thing is, Elon Musk at least appears to be, to have a benevolent side. Uh, it's not that I don't like uh, Michael Lonsdale. <laughs> I said appears. Uh, it's not that I don't like Michael Lonsdale. He's cool and all that, but he just plays his villain as a villain from the first moment you see him. He's got this brooding look, like, and he immediately just wants to kill James Bond. And it, so it, he's more Luther, but he's but he's good at it. But I, yeah, I mean, I want more nuance. I guess I would have liked more nuance, and we don't get it in this movie. I mean, he's not bad. He's not horrible. We'll have some of those in, in the future, but I just mm -hmm. I I wanted more nuance from him as a character, and it was just like this brooding bad guy from the very beginning, and it never ends and. I just really hate this movie overall. Like, you do? Yeah, yeah, a bit. Yeah. I mean, I didn't realize that yet. Pointing, <laughs> I mean, this this isn't in the movie, but it is in in the book that Hugo Drax is was originally a Nazi, and he was a full eugenicist who wanted to make the planet safe for just white people, uh, Aryan people. Mm. So. Um, I mean, there's definitely like an edge of that. Like, you know, I don't think that there's a single eugenicist out there who doesn't like not include a lot of the world's population and sort of focus on the goodness of white people in all of that. So, uh, two black people, 
whole bunch of white people. Just, yeah. I didn't see any Asians. I didn't see any Latinos, even though their base was in Latin America. So just throwing that out there. The movie didn't say it. I'm I'm saying Hugo Drax racist. But oh, yeah. yeah. But he's dead now. He, or he's lost <laughs> in space. Ah, see what I did there? Uh, <laughs> okay. And then uh the final the final scene, they get off the uh space station, they go down, we have to do a final thing where Bond has to blow up the satellites that are going to poison everyone. And I think that this only exists so that James Bond can prove he's better than Luke Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> it would have well, been funny I mean... if, if uh, Holly Goodhead would have shouted at him, don't get cocky. That would have been cool. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you would have had to show some emotion to do that, though. <laughs> Shots fired. There we go. Oh. Anyway. Um, so yeah, uh, then, then they bone in space and, uh, Q says that it it looks like he's attempting re-entry and everybody sees it again. Like, okay. How many times is this that it's the end of a thing and they're like, we better contact Bond and he's totally boning someone. Like, this has happened several times, and this time they're like, we're going to get the queen on the line and the president. Yeah. Like, May as well call Russia. Terrible idea, right? Right? Like, like, like sort sort Bond out before you bring in the, the big wigs. Yeah. yeah. Like, Bond, you have your pants on. We're going to br- get the queen in here. Like, establish audio contact before you turn the video on. Right. This is your five-minute warning. Five-minute warning. <laughs> yeah. Please get all uh, pants back into position. <laughs> but I mean, that's just like new Zoom etiquette. You like everybody starts with their camera off until you're ready to turn the camera on, right? If um, only Bond had Zoom. Right. So oh, loser. There we go. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was Moonraker. And it ends with a disco version of of Moonraker, or or is it a disco version? What it sounds yeah. like it's a disco version. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely sped up. Yeah, it's it's a something version. It's not it's not great. And, and another nifty little thing at the end too, at the very end, because James Bond will return in what? In this case, the next one coming up was for your uh, for your eyes only. For your eyes only right. again, right? But that's exactly what they said at the end of uh, "Man with the Golden Gun" or uh, of uh, uh, the Spy Who Loved Me, right? Because they originally planned, you know, they changed the order that they were going to release them, right? So, right, uh, and that's going to be interesting when we get to that one, um, which will be our next James Bond one um, in a couple weeks, but. Uh okay. Any any other final thoughts before we go into some of our our normal rigmarole here? I really did enjoy the score to this movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think overall, like uh, in in terms of 
when you compare it to The Spy Who Loved Me, because of those little disco breaks that we got in that movie, this yeah. one was a lot more even. And there was, um, uh, I, I saw Out of Africa with my daughter this weekend, and mm -hmm. uh, John Barry has similar notes in this movie to what Out of Africa has. Not completely, but you can tell that uh, he recycled a bit. Well, I don't know where, which movie came first, but there was a couple of notes that were recognizable. So overall, like this movie, at the one good thing it has going for it is the score. Um, I think so. I, I will know. agree with you on the John Barry out of Africa score. Um, I'm kind of eh on this one. It didn't really hit me one way or the other. Uh, I don't think it's his best work. I think there's some okay things. I think they spent more time trying to be clever and getting music cues in here to be like, it's a space movie, damn it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Any other final thoughts? Okay. Um, so, so Sarah brought up earlier sort of the, you know, the social impact with how this movie did. Um, this movie did really well, believe it or not. Okay. Uh, the space stuff worked for them. Yeah. It made... $70,300,000 at the domestic U.S. box office. Of course, that's no Star Wars, but that is far more than any of the last Bond movies. And uh, indeed, um, on a dollar amount, was the largest amount that any Bond movie had ever made. Now, of course, inflation adjusted. Uh, Thunderball was still the number one and is still the number one to this day. But to that time, $70 million was the most that any Bond movie had ever made. Uh, inflation adjusted for today, that's $255 million. Wow. That's so this, this was a big, big, big hit. That, that's what Joker made. I mean, this was... Oh, it was a good movie. <laughs> God. Joker was. You're right. So, so, so you say, Brooke. Um... Go listen to Mental Movies, episode one, where Brooke and I discussed Joker for our thoughts on Joker. Anyway, um, and it What's made a lot more uh, worldwide, $210 million worldwide, so $70 million in the U.S. Um, this movie was a co-production with uh, France, and that's why they cast Michael Lonsdale and why all of the Drax stuff was actually filmed in France so that they could get uh, financing money from the French government. Uh, this movie did incredibly well across Europe, and that's why uh, it did so well at the international box office. Uh, $210 million, a lot, a lot of money. So um, this was a big success, and I think they learned all the wrong lessons from it for <laughs> what they should do for the next movies. So this is a big deal. Was so. it the highest grossing movie until um, GoldenEye? Uh, that is correct. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, it took until GoldenEye, uh, which made $106 million. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, all of the Bond movies made less money after this point. Uh, in fact, each one will make less money than the previous one. Um, Cause, cause well, no, starting uh, – I, I take that back. Sorry. Uh, it'll go down – for four year eyes only, it'll go up to Octopussy and then down from Octopussy, each successive one making less than the previous one. So uh until 
until Goldeneye. So yeah, this was a big, this was a big hit for them. Uh, and like I mentioned, the first uh, producing credit for a young Michael G. Wilson. So um, big deal on on the inside uh, of this movie. Um, let's talk about if we have if we have favorite characters. Who's got who's got favorite characters here? Yes. <laughs> My favorite character is the hovercraft. Good head. <laughs> <laughs> <The> hovercraft. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sold on how ridiculous and campy this movie is. Yeah, but I do I do really like um, God and and his his falling in love and his turn going from like this really really scary thing in Brazil and then just like instantly falling in love with this little short blonde girl because she had a metal mouth like he did. I, I like that. It, it went with the like campy cheesy rest of the movie too. That that's my, that's mine too is Jaws and Dolly. Those are my two favorites. Yeah. I love Jaws. So. I, I liked I... Jaws until he fell in love. Then it just all <laughs> fell apart. I, I, I don't know. really, it's I don't really terrible. Yeah, I really don't have a favorite character. Maybe the the pigeon that does the double take. <laughs> Maybe. I really do like Goodhead. Oh, who doesn't? Okay. But for <laughs> no, but for all of the reasons that um, that Mark doesn't like her, I like her aloofness. I like the way that she plays it, and and not showing chemistry or attachment or any sort of interest until her job is done. Like, I just, I really like, I can, I can personally relate to that. And I like her. She's my favorite. Cool. Wow. Uh, one, right. one liners. <sighs> yeah, favorite one liners. I keep this. coming to track. I keep trying to come up with entertaining ways to kill you. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think he's attempting re-entry. I was about to say the same thing. That's the that's the only good one. Sixty nine. You knew I was coming. It's a terrible one. Yeah. Um, I do not have any of them because I think they are all terrible. Um, uh, I don't know. Wait, or wait, what does um, what does Jaws say when he when he sips the champagne with Dolly? Here's to us. Here's to us. I'll I'll do that one. I like that, yeah. Because I, I, because I, I, I inexplicably like that part. I know it's terrible, but there we go. Um, studio notes. How do don't we don't make it? Don't make just don't make it. Don't make it. Stick with the plan. Go with the the spike the uh, for your for your eyes only. Redo the space fight, and it's all good. Yeah. I I would That's... almost agree with you, Mark, except knowing what comes next with For Your Eyes Only and how much I, how much more I hate that movie, I would disagree with you. I, well, that's because they spent all this money it. making this turd. I don't think. But had they focused on For Your Eyes Only, things might have been different. But this turd made them the money. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I cut you off, Doug. No, I th I think I agree. If, if they just like go, if you were to go back and 
get rid of the guys randomly floating in space fighting and make it an assault on the space station instead. Uh, it would have been a little better. It would have been less less campy, um, for sure. Because everything else, everything up to that point is just silly Bond. But then you get guys floating around in space with lasers, and it just it goes way off the rails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, this movie has the record for, like, the most broken sugar glass. It's got the record for the most wire work in one sequence. Um, they were really focusing more on special effects. Thank you, Star Wars. Um, <laughs> no, baby, being you know, balance those effects with story. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like, yeah, for your eyes only and, and Octopussy, they tried to repeat some of the success with the silliness and, and yeah, it yeah, just it got, fails. yeah. James yeah. Bond is a humor series. Yeah, and and to that point, I would, I would lose the gondola sequence, um, and I don't know. I'd I'd probably lose. I'd probably lose the the ambulance sequence in. Well, in that goes along with the gondola sequence because why else was he in the ambulance, yeah. except that the gondola fell? So you cut that whole thing out. You cut out a good five five ten minutes of just silly. Yeah, I think the only reason for the gondola was to have Jaws bite the cable. Which, uh, was yeah, probably. Oh, I think it was uh, all uh, just a big build-up for him to fall in love. Yeah. Uh, oh, and I should clarify. I also meant the the Italian gondola, the water gondola. as well. The water the water boat gondola as well. I'm sorry. I was I was thinking of the. The air gondola oh, sequence. Air gondola. No, I, I agree. I agree with that too. I think you could lose. Which both ridiculous of them. gondola did you mean? <laughs> wow, there are so that's, many. That's, that's bad. That's a bad sign for the movie. Would you have to ask that? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, where do people come down on this? Is this a good James Bond movie or is this a bad James Bond movie? Bad. I think this is a bad James Bond movie. This is a bad. Definitely do without it. Bad All James- I will say is it's not the worst. It, no. No, it, I don't think it's the worst. And I enjoyed it much more than last week's. Well, That's because you're on cough syrup. And the bad. You know, whatever the reason. Whatever the reason. Come, they knew better. When they did them, I think when they did Moonraker, they were we were still naive as a Bond fan. So, hmm, that's a good point. Yeah, I do think that they knew better, and I think especially when they get into uh, the late Pierce Brosnan era, they really should have known better. Um, so, I think those are far less forgivable than than the campy Roger Moore stuff, which I can sort of forgive because there is a little bit of, like I said, there's pieces of this that I kind of like, but yeah. Uh, and I sort of agree with Brooke. It's definitely not the worst. Um, it's not. But I think it still probably ends up in my bottom five, uh, might be sitting at number five for my least favorite. So... I don't know, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. Um, any, any other final thoughts on, on Moonraker? 
Well, we... not a movie, but a, a, a nifty little fun fact. In a later late 90s movie, Michael Lonsdale, Sean Bean, and Jonathan Price are all in the same movie. Oh, no way. Which one? Ronin. Oh, oh with that's the Nero? So oh, my gosh. That's yeah. so true. You end up with three Bond villains in one movie. Oh, I, 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 why didn't that ever dawn on me? That Oh, that is so awesome. I never thought of that either. Oh, my God. I love that movie. It's Maybe, a good one. Wow. Maybe we have to watch Ronan now, too. <laughs> 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 this this oh. is really funny. I shared I shared with Brooke and, and Mark, like, the the non-Bond movies that we would we could potentially watch and like there are potentially like five different movies that we could watch between um when Goldeneye came out and Tomorrow Never Dies. It's uh pretty ridiculous. So wow. it's like well there's a lot of non James Bond content in the late nineties that is uh Bond related. I think it's kind of the the height of of that. Or maybe it's just because we're all 90s kids. I don't know. Maybe that. Um, but yeah. Um, we're old. <laughs> speaking speaking of, uh, one of us had a birthday yesterday. Yay, Brooke. Happy Brooke. birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. And to celebrate Brooke's birthday, we wanted to give her a special present. We're going to take a break from James Bond next week. And Brooke picked... A completely random movie. Don't say what it is. I'm not going to. It's, it's We've a been surprise. trying to figure out how to make it tie into Bond. I haven't come up with it yet. Is there a Poseidon connection? I don't think there's. I mean, a there Poseidon. could be with the with the. Well, we'll talk about love. Figure it out. Okay. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Anyway, the we won't say what the movie is, but we will say it is a three-letter title. That fits in the form of the blank blank. So, uh, a three-letter title. A, th- a sorry, a three-word title. Oh, oh my! Pardon me. Suddenly, I didn't know what we were watching. <laughs> the BRG. I'm. I'm also. I'm also sitting here on cough syrup. No, a three-word title uh, that fits into the form of the blank blank, where. The, the third one is definitely a noun. The second one is kind of an adjective, kind of a noun. So figure that one out. Princess Bride? It, no. it fits. It fits. It's close. It's The Last Airbender. The Last Airbender. The Last Unicorn. Did you last... guys see what's coming to Netflix? So, yes. What's coming to Netflix? The Last Airbender. The Last Airbender. All seasons. All seasons. Good. Now maybe I can finally watch them. Oh, dude, you have it. What's wrong with you? I'm I'm terrible. Friendship timeout. Go get caught up. Yeah. Okay. My this is like my number one geek blind spot. I am terrible. With with all like anime, okay, and... but Andy, Andy, it's so good. It's I know, life altering. I know. Okay, I know, and I and I will. I and so I'm I'm really excited that there's a Star Wars connection. I'm sure that there is. It's so good. 
Uh, everything has a Star Wars connection at this point. Because no, but Star especially Wars... The Last Airbender and The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, well, <sighs> that's not surprising. So, um, cool. Anyway, right. um, well, next but yeah, so... we'll be announcing our mystery movie. Yeah, next week we'll have our mystery movie uh, celebrating Brooke's birthday because we're old. And... 41. Yeah, and still the youngest person on this podcast. So, <laughs> congratulations, Brooke. You're all out of touch. Yeah. Yeah, we're all like 41. Man, I remember that. That was good times. I want to go back to 41. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, but that's that's about it. Um, anybody have anything else that they want to plug? Or we're turning in for the night. I think you've heard enough from me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'd like to plug hovercraft. You'd like to plug a hovercraft? Is your hovercraft full of eels? Yeah, I'm, I'm done. My hovercraft is full of eels. Uh, yeah. Um... Speaking of, we will be doing Top Secret. I have made that proclamation, so we'll oh, get good. into that. Love it. Love uh, it. Yeah. So, speaking of hovercrafts being full of eels. Okay, that's it. Uh, Doug, Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you You're for welcome. having. Brooke, you guys happy are awesome. So, thank you. If, if you don't have a guest, I would like to volunteer for when you get around to Timothy Dalton. Well, we have, we have so many people. I think... Everybody oh. wants to pile on and talk about um, <laughs> the living daylight. Tell me why I'm wrong on the living daylight, <laughs> and and we have people who so. But okay. I think it's not a matter of if we have guests. It's like we may have to like set up the line, kind of like um, what's it called with with the Klingons and the pain sticks, where everybody like gets behind <laughs> you and like hits you it like i think that's what our our you know our living daylights episodes are basically going to be people just like telling me how wrong i am for liking that movie um but yeah no uh come back for the living daylights because i think the more the better it will it will make it uh way more or maybe i don't know doug are you on my side do you hate the movie or do you love the movie no i am on your side i support timothy dalton stuff i loved both of them huh. so wow. i am Living daylights and license to kill. He needs okay, to be well out. then, then yeah, we definitely need. So we need we. Good. I will. I will have an ally. Yes. So, <laughs> wonderful. Uh, well, we'll look forward to that. Uh, thank you both and uh, everybody. Uh, I don't know. Go go check out uh, our sister podcast over at Mental Movies, uh, where the three of us talked about. Uh, episode two, Attack of the Clones, like civil human beings, even though we disagreed about it. It was wonderful. We did way better than, discussion. than here. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, a non-toxic discussion. It was very beautiful. So uh, go check that out. Um, thanks, everybody. Thank you. Good night, okay. Moonrakers, dreaming of gold. All right. <laughs> Big kiss, everybody. Mwah. Oh, bye. Throw back your head and kiss it all goodbye. Thank you, that will be all. God damn it, that's not all.
Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye.